Hello, everybody. It's that time again. It's strong. There's a cast. You put it together, you got yourself a strong cast. Welcome to our podcast live, and we're celebrating Father's Day with a father and son duo, duo, duo that's changing and recreating the food industry from Ohio and across the country. The Carusos are in the house. It's a father and son, James Caruso and his son Nick. We're going to talk about Father's Day, the meaning of that, and we're going to get into that all produce industry known as agriculture. Welcome. You know, I'm always curious from a son's perspective, uh, uh, your fondest memories growing up, uh, something really special that you may not have ever shared with him that was very special for you as a son that your father did not realize the impact, something he may have said, something he may have tended, something he may have, a conversation you may have had. What are some of those memories that really have shaped you into the man you are today? I think it was spending the time one-on-one, doing the little things, you know, going fishing, him teaching me, you know, how to grow up and be an honorable man, yes, and a lot of the morals that he taught me, but just the little experiences. You know, he'd take me on a ski trip. When we were able to spend time one-on-one and where I knew that he was teaching me things that he had learned, trying to impart that knowledge on me and prepare me for life, not protect me from life, but prepare me for it, that was special to me. So, you know, if he'd take me down to, or from Cincinnati, to a Cincinnati Reds game, you know, I would sit at the ballpark and just crack peanuts. And, you know, he treated me not so much as a child as I see some parents doing, but, you know, as, as a person. So I really got the feeling that he was trying to prepare me, tell me what he knew, get me ready for the world ahead, um, especially, you know, without having a mother. Um, so I, I really, really enjoyed those little moments of just sharing time one-on-one and hearing what he has experienced in life and how he handled things. What about um, what every young man goes through with his father? There's conflict. You're not always on the same page. Sometimes you think, ah, this guy is the worst person on the planet. You probably not say the worst. I never thought that about my father. But I just don't want to be wrong. How, how did you learn to grow and deal with conflict and to become better by it and realize that in that conflict, no matter what he was advising you, you realized it was unconditional love and it was doing it for your future and in your best interest, even though you may not, at the time, you were able to see this. Well, he told me, I remember him saying this. He says, listen, if a kid never says to their parents, I hate you, they're not doing their job. Well, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a new one. Yeah. So, I mean, I would be punished. I, I wasn't able to just run free if I, you know, didn't get certain grades in school or, you know, if I snuck out and went to hang out with friends or something, he would punish me with um, work. So I'd have to do more yard work than I already had to do. He would maybe take away the keys to my vehicle. We had a big yard, too. Yeah, big yard. So <laughs> a lot of yard work. You can always give him more. Always give me more. But, um, yeah, I mean, he, he disciplined me. I, at the time, I hated it, and I was upset with him. I'm like, you, this is ridiculous. You know, you don't understand. You just don't get it. And as I get older, I start to see, well, he probably knew a lot more than I gave him credit for. Um, but I never really kind of had that feeling like, I hate you. You're the worst person ever. I could always see his side, even if I didn't agree with it. But, you know, overall, he, he disciplined me pretty fairly, I'd say. So, uh, so Jim, why is it that you have to set rules and guidelines in a household? Why is it that you, sometimes you need tough love, but why is it also to create work ethic, to keep 
that young person busy? Uh, and why is it that work and staying busy and doing the hard work and the hard lifting, why, does that, why is that so important to building character? Well, I believe that, that if, you know, the, the, the number one thing I think a parent wants for his kids is for them to be happy. And the way, I, the way I thought, what I believed was if I teach them work ethic, if I teach them character uh, if, in life, they're, they're going to grow up. That's what's going to make them happy. Uh, you know, just that, that, that they, the, you know, the character they have, the, the work ethic, um, I think if that's what you can be happy in in your life. So that's, that's what I believed was, you know, that they would be happy. So... You know, it's, what is interesting about this, and welcome to uh, StrongCast. I'm your host, Armstrong Williams, and we're talking to the Caruso's, Jim and his son, Nick, uh, from Ohio. Not only are you father and son, but you are an integral part of your father's business, Caruso Foods. You're continuing a legacy. Most young people will say, I want my own identity, I want to do my own thing, and sometimes they just rebel. And sometimes they squander an opportunity, a foundation that their parents have built for them. Why are you different and why are you able, and you can see the love and the respect. You know, I had a chance to hang out with them in Washington, D.C. while they were here. You can just see the honor that you show your father. That's just something that doesn't happen overnight. It's developed over time. Well, I think it goes back to um, the family pride thing. I've seen what my father's done. Um, I was fortunate enough to spend time with my grandfather before he passed, and I just saw, you know, how they lived their lives, and they, they lived so honorably, and not only in their lives, but through business. They always talk to me about the integrity of professionalism and the integrity of the business. That, I thought that was inspiring to me, so that was an initial driver to join the business itself. Beyond that, um, I realized that the business provided me with certain opportunities that I may otherwise wouldn't have had. My goal is to enjoy my time as much as possible. Uh, and to do that, I think, is to achieve financial freedom. And the main goal of that is to provide the same opportunities that I had for the next generation. So I saw those as the main drivers, you know, the pride. I want to continue it. I don't want to be, you know, I'm fourth generation in the business. I don't want to be the one that screws it up, one, but two, I want to keep it going for the next generations as well. So that, that drove me to, to follow the same path. So Jim, tell us about Caruso Foods. My grandfather started in 1932. So I'm third generation, uh, next fourth. Um, we started out in downtown Cincinnati. Uh, now we're north, north of Cincinnati, but also in 15 states. Uh, all around the east um, from uh, Michigan down to Florida. Um, we are a fresh fruits and vegetable uh, repacker, wholesaler, and distributor. So uh, very big into fresh logistics also. So we not only take our products to grocery stores or their DCs or restaurant uh, DCs, uh, distribution centers, uh, but other people, uh, other manufacturers and uh, other um, produce um, processors. Um, like I said, I've been around since 1932. I've got uh, three brother, three older brothers. Uh, two of them are still in, uh, in the business. Uh, yeah, we, we grew up in it. It's uh, definitely a family business. Um, you love the business. I do. But you started from the dungeon 
in the business. Talk about why that was important for you to earn your credibility and respect from your father, his brothers, and the family. Well, not only to earn credibility and respect from my father and family members, but if I am to go on to lead the company, I also need to earn the respect of everyone that works there. If I just walked in, not having done any of the hard work and got the corner office, who would want to follow me, right? So one, it's important to learn the business from the ground up so I am better suited to make decisions about each step of the company because I've done it. So no one can say, you don't know yeah. what you're talking about. You yeah. haven't done it. Well, yes, I have. And I've always told him, too, he's got to earn it. You know, it's not going to be given to you. You don't want it if it's going to be given to you because you are not going to like it. Right. <laughs> you're not going to have fun. People won't respect you. So I think it's uh, the two main factors of that are knowing the business as well as possible, which is to have done each job, which is the hard stuff, you know, do, mopping the floors, working on the assembly lines, unloading the, the trucks and train cars, all that stuff. And through that, not only learning the business as well as possible, but also earning the respect of people yeah. around you. They, they don't think you just walked in and got it handed to you. They see that you did the hard stuff. You committed, you know, your time to it. So that's... And, and that's what my dad taught me, too. Is that, you know, he put me uh, down on the floor early, you know, when I was 8, 9, 10 years old, uh, unloading railroad cars, you know, throwing watermelons, uh, all kinds of, you know, yeah, sweeping the floors, everything. I was driving a truck by the time I was 14. You know, you know, you know this is really about the farm, it's about the land, health of living, uh, growing what you eat, uh, and entrepreneurship. You know, we spend so much time in this country discussing manufacturing and the loss of manufacturing, but we, we're even more devastated by the loss of farming life and what that has meant to rural America and to the rest of the world. I mean, talk about the farming in and of itself and how America needs to get back to farming. And it talks about the kind of values that has taught your son. It's sort of like an extra two years in the military after you leave high school. You learn respect, you learn a lot about yourself, and you really learn how to build and grow something for a lifetime. Yeah, I think next generation too is um, much more in tune to it, uh, to the farm. I know you grew up on a farm, and um, you know a lot of, a lot of people our age uh, wanted to get off of the farm and get out of there. Now these guys are getting back to it, which I think is really cool. When I was growing up, there was a ton of these these small farms, 50 acres, 100 acres, whatever, and, and it provided for, you know, one family. And, and, and of course, they sold their goods. Uh, they'd come down to the produce uh, markets, you know, where I grew up, and, and, and bring their stuff down there. We'd sell it, and you talk about good produce, too. We, uh, that's what I miss more than anything about, about the small farms is how good the produce was. You know, you were, you were bragging recently how uh, Ohio farmland grows the best tomatoes in the world. I think so. <laughs> what do you attribute that to? I have no idea, but they're good. Uh, no, I think it's weather, uh, soil, you know. We're, Ohio is like the stop of the ice age when, if you look at Ohio, it's flat as a pancake until you get to Cincinnati, where we grew up. And then it starts the hills and you get into the Kentucky and all that stuff. But from Lake Erie all the way down. So I don't know, that may have something to do with it. I really don't know what it is. I don't know that anybody does, but uh, probably more the weather than anything. But the tomatoes that, that uh, you know, and, and the corn and a lot of other stuff, but particularly tomatoes for some reason, that, that Midwest area there, that pocket, uh, you know, everybody says is the best tomatoes. 
take, take us to the packaging, Nick. Take us to the logistics. Take us inside Caruso Foods. Absolutely. So it's every time I explain this process, people say, wow, I, I had no idea it was that involved. And to be honest, until I got in there, I didn't either. Um, it's, there's a lot to it. So um, from the farm, the, the corn is picked at a very specific time. We'll, we'll put an order in and say, we need the raw product here at this time. That's picked fresh from the field, loaded into a truck, and it comes directly to us. There's no downtime. It doesn't get stored somewhere. It goes from the field onto a truck right to us. When we receive it, uh, we store the raw product, run it through this really elaborate uh, production line, a combination of many different conveyor belts. Uh, we'll run it through saws to cut the ends off of the corn. Uh, there's a husker that pulls the husk off, basically doing all the work that the consumer doesn't want to do in their own home. Get it prepared fresh to eat. After the uh, the husks are pulled off by the machine, it goes through. It's quality checked by our uh, highly trained workers. They make sure there's no blemishes, nothing's wrong with the product. They'll send it through. We'll then put it on uh, trays, saran wrap it, and label it, package it up, and then it's shipped off to the stores from the time it's in the field until the time it's in the store might be two days, which is extremely difficult to do, and that's where the logistics piece comes in. We have a network of, of trucks all over the East Coast, or, or not only East Coast, but east of the Mississippi, uh, that delivers to over 1,200 stores every single day, which is a lot of moving parts and pretty difficult to get right. Luckily, we've got a great team that's figured out the formula. So we pride ourselves in high service, uh, high quality product, which ultimately provides the consumer with the best product possible. Wow. So you've not only um, continued your um, father's, grandfather's legacy, Jim, you've just taken it to a whole different kind of paradigm, especially with the advent of technology. Yeah, I mean, we're, what we do today is nothing like what my grandfather did. You know, he, he, he was called a uh, commission merchant where, you know, farmers would bring stuff in for, that they grew, he would sell it and then return them whatever he sold it, you know, he'd take his cut and, and give back the rest of the farmer. Today, uh, we're, we're totally different. We don't do a broad line anymore. We used to be a broad line uh, wholesaler where we'd sell, if, you, if it grew and you could eat it, we'd sell it. Uh, we focus on a few um, value added items like, the, like what Nick was talking about, the processed corn, tray pack corn. Um, Microwave potatoes, you see those little potatoes with plastic on them that you don't poke holes in? <laughs> those that we do. Especially for the younger generation. Oh, yeah, they, they, yeah. Their, their idea of cooking is uh, microwave. <laughs> so I think we're getting, we're getting back to the kitchen, though. That's a good thing. But, um, uh, yeah, so we're so different than, than what my grandfather did. And it's just a matter of really, as, as opportunities came along, you, you you took them, a lot of it's luck, just, you know, making, taking the right opportunities, um, and you end up different. I mean, 50, 60% of our business today is on the logistics side. So it's getting fresh product, highly perishable product to the stores in a quicker way uh, than, than it used to in the past. It used to be where you'd have these uh, million square foot warehouses, the, like the big chain stores, and it would take a minimum three days to get product in and out to the stores. Today, there are some, uh, some items like uh, fresh cut fruit, fresh cut vegetables, things like that, that we will 
produce or another producer, you know, will we'll produce it. Uh, we'll get it at, say, 3 p.m. And then by 8 a.m. the next morning, all that is delivered to the 1,200 stores all around, you know, the, the east. So that's less than 24 hours from production to shelf. Uh, and it's called a pick to zero, basically. So it's, you're just, you're producing what uh, is being ordered, what the consumers are buying on a daily basis. So it's getting fresher product to the stores. You know, you, you often reference your father and grandfather. You know, it is Father's Day weekend. We're celebrating the great men that have shaped us. Tell us some more about your, your father and your grandfather. Well, my grandfather is, uh, he, he's first generation. He, uh, his mother was pregnant on the boat coming over from uh, Sicily. Uh, so he was born here in the United States um, in 1900. Uh, he worked for his uh, uncle, August Caruso and Sons. Uh, saw that, um, you know, having uh, August having four sons, he wasn't going anywhere there. So he left the produce business for a few years. Um, went out and sold magazines. Uh, I think it was door to door, but um, and then got back into it. Started the business in 1932, right in the middle of the depression, uh, and basically had lived upstairs. Had a little wholesale uh, place uh, downstairs, and you know he just built that business. He had uh, several partners over the years, but my, then my dad, um, he was the only son. Uh, had a couple of sisters. Uh, they they were not in the business, but. Uh, my dad took it over and then, uh, you know, he built it and then gave it to us. And all I'm trying to do is not screw it up and get it, get it to this, this guy here. So. But, but the work ethic, the things that yeah. they believe oh, that, yeah. that you carry with you, you passed on to your own sons. Well, he, I'd, he, my dad would wake me and my brothers up at, at 2.30 in the morning to go to work. You know, this is when we're like six, seven years old. It's like, uh, yeah. I hope that's not your story. <laughs> not, not quite that early. Go ahead, early. go ahead, Jim. I mean, that was early, so. Oh, yeah, that's Yeah, you could say shit. for most of my life, I've been a morning person. And I'm a morning person, but 2.30 <laughs> so, in the morning, homie don't think so, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, not 2.30. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's also not good when I first got married, too. It's, it, you know, I'm, I'm in bed by 8 o'clock at night. You oh, know, yeah, it's yeah. like, so, You and I, same yeah. age, we're clicking. Yeah, I'd watch MASH or something like that and then end up in bed. But um, no, he, uh, my grandfather, unfortunately, I did not get to know that way. He died when I was a teenager um, and was pretty much out of the business. My dad had taken it over. Really wish I'd have got to know him a lot better. It sounds but like your father really built the business. He did. Um, he took it to the next level. It was a small uh, wholesaler. Basically, what my dad did is introduce the, the, the logistics part of it, the trucking operation, and started delivering to all the stores. And that really grew the business. Uh, by the time we got it in the early 80s, me and my brothers, uh, it, was, it was pretty big at that point. Um, uh, and we're, we were delivering basically in a regional, more of the Cincinnati area, Dayton area net, but then me and my brothers expanded it even further out. You know, it's interesting. Uh, what, what do you think um, was a game changer for you that changed in the world that really pivoted your business into what it is today? Boy, that's, that's, that's a good question. I would, I would think it was... Um, there was an event that uh, that happened. We um, the stadium was was going to come in down in Cincinnati, Ohio. So the county took our property eminent domain. We had to make a choice. It's like, do we really want to grow this, invest, 
into the business, um, new, new building and all that stuff. So at that point, it's like we decided, yep, we're going to do it. And, and also it was me and my brother Steve um, bought out my oldest two brothers. They wanted, uh, uh, they wanted to do, go something different. Well, actually, one of them still works in, in the industry, in the business with us. But um, uh, the, my oldest brother, Kevin, uh, chose to uh, get into another uh, another business. And everybody's very amicable. I mean, we still love each other. And, you know, uh, it's not always the way sometimes family businesses end. We've been very lucky that way. But that was a pivotal moment for us as we decided, yeah, we're going to make this thing work. And at that point, we really started to focus uh, a lot on the logistics side of it, too. Uh, and, and, and also just on the value added side. And we just, you know, luckily made the right decisions because that was about the time when everybody was starting to really move towards convenience items, towards the, you know, the cut fruit, cut veggies, all the stuff that, uh, you know, is just a, a time savers. So I think for us, that's that's what it was. And that happened about 2000. What, what kind of skills, I mean, do you think someone really need to have in a business like yours? People skills. I mean, it, it's it's all about relationships, really. Uh, now I, I will say, tech. You know, you really got to be tech savvy, no question. I mean, that's things are happening very fast, especially in the logistics side, and 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 uh, you know, as far as uh, you know. Buying produce, uh, that's, that's the easy part, really. Uh, you know, of course, you got to know produce, but, but really it's a relationship. So I don't think that's ever going to change. So, Nick, um, from your perspective, what do you see as the future of the business? future of the business is definitely, as he mentioned, staying, staying up with, with the technology of things. I think um, working on the efficiency of transportation will mean a lot because, yes, you can, you can make an awesome product, and you can price it well, but you know one of the biggest costs in food is moving it. So if you can find, I, I, I think there's just got to be something that we're not seeing yet, and I'm, I'm digging for it as well. But something in transportation that's going to click, and that will be a huge, huge efficiency saver. Um, if you can figure that piece out as a as a food company, that would be that would be a big game changer, and that would kind of open up a lot of doors. So that's what we're looking for. That and just coming up with you know, the new best items. How important is it as we wrap this up, um, Jim, you spend so much time together as in the business, but how important it is sometimes to just separate the business and be a father to your son and do the family thing? Well, that's a great question. Um, you, you, you have to do that. You really have to be a boss and a mentor, um, but you're also you know, a father uh, and, and it's, it's really, it, it, both of us have to buy into that to make that one work. Yeah. Um, but, but it is important to separate those two because it, 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 you know, it's vitally important for this guy to, to understand you know, the business part, the relationships part, and separate out the family. Uh, that's, that's really important. I think you, it, it helps that neither of us are sensitive. Oh, so if, that helps. You, know, you, ha you have to have thick skin because you know, he'll, light me up about something for good reason and you know and then after that when we walk out for the day he's going to talk to me about personal life and I still can't be upset about you know him getting on me as a boss or else that would just kind of deteriorate the father-son relationship so being able to separate in your mind okay this is work this is personal life um, 
and not being sensitive if you get yelled at. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, how do you the, the, the number one thing that, that I need to always make sure he's aware of that he could actually be fired. <laughs> so. And he's told me that. He's like, this is, not, this is not guaranteed. He's like, if you don't do your job, you're out just like anybody else. I did fire my daughter after <laughs> four days. She just, uh, she was like, I think in high school, but she came in late on the fourth day. So. You know, I, you know, this is, uh, you know, I am uh, in my column, my Father's Day column uh, this week. I talk about, you know, family businesses, and you also you think about monarchs. Uh, you know, if it's just like the Queen of England, Queen Elizabeth, is, is Charles really sitting around waiting on her to just move out so he can become king? How do you right. balance it out? And you know, it's, what's interesting about you is that there is no energy or nothing in your conversation where you want your father to leave anytime soon so you can take over. You, it's as if you see him as an asset and you want him to stay as long as he can because you see him as your anchor, as someone that keeps it together and it also makes going to work every day worthwhile knowing you're there with your dad. How do you balance that out where it doesn't breed? Because your father touched on it. Family businesses don't always work out because the son is always aiming um, to replace the father and say it's his time, but you don't seem to have any of those ambitions. Well, first, like you said, he is an asset because I don't know nearly as much as he knows at this point. So I still know I have a lot to learn from him. And he's very generous in, in teaching me, bringing me in, you know, come in, you know, come in the office, watch, watch how this works and all that. So I, I'm learning a lot from him. But not only that, but, um, you know, I, I love him and I want him around. So I would much rather have him there, you know, be in my life in as many ways as possible then push him out for some monetary gain. I mean, I, I don't see that as a as a trade that's worth it for me. So I learn a lot from him, and I just I, I really enjoy his company as well. Yeah. What do you, what would you say to other families? The wisdom you would share with them about how to make family businesses continue to work from generations to generations? Well, definitely patience. Um, be patient. Um, you know, show show a lot of compassion. You know, and. Um, I mean, you know, you, you got to teach, but you can't be so critical of mistakes. And you know how that could be with family members. I mean, it can get out of control, you know, where it's very different than, than just, uh, you know, somebody that's working for the business. But uh, I think just, just being patient with, with the kids and then knowing when to get out. I can't wait until he's ready. <laughs> so, so I can, you know, I'm looking forward to retirement. Uh, you know, I've had, I've had my turn at it. And, um, you know, I'm ready to, um, to turn it over. And he... He'll have his own deal, He'll have his own identity, but uh, nothing will make me more proud and happy to see him be ready. I think an important part of it is, you know, him outlining his intention. So it's not like, you know, it's, it's not contentious at all. He, you heard what he said. He said, I'm, I'm excited to pass it on to you. So it's, it's, not, it's not so much as a battle as it is, you know, kind of a, a passing of the torch. So, uh, so on this Father's Day uh, week, what would you like to say to your father i'd like to tell you that i'm very thankful for what you've taught me you know back back when i was younger all the hard stuff you know making me work all the time and doing all that i remember you said you'll get it when you're older even if you don't like it now so yeah i appreciate what you've done for me and teaching me and, and bringing me along for the ride and and just teaching me how to be an honorable upstanding man operating in the world thank you
Appreciate that. And what would you like to say to your son? I love you. I, was like, <laughs> I love this. I love this. Great. No, it? it's just I, I couldn't be more proud. Uh, you know, one, one of the most satisfying things in the world is to see you come up, you know, become a man and uh, learn the business. And, yeah, just I, I see you progressing all the time. So, yeah, very You're proud awesome. of you. And how do people find out more about Caruso Foods? You go to carusologistics.com. Um, we will have some social media coming soon. We're doing a total revamp, so um, pardon the, the downtime, but carusologistics.com. You and can we, find uh, us there. And we are hiring. We need a lot of good people. Hiring. Remember, look. Absolutely. But just as important, tell your father you love him. As fathers tell their sons and daughters tell their fathers, it's so important. It's so refreshing to see the bond between a father and a son. And you know, like the father said, it's easy. It's, it's, what, this, it's what he lives for. And, and I'm certain that Nick is prepared and ready to carry on the Caruso legacy. This is Armstrong Williams and Strong Cats. Thank you for joining us and happy Father's Day week.